Bruce Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And here we are, Monday, the Monday before, the Monday before Christmas 2021. James, with you here, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Telephone number if you'd like to join us today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. Numerically, that's 848-922. And we have certainly a lot to talk about. We're going to continue the discussion that you're having with Rudy, with with, uh, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, about uh, the failed budget item, well, not budget, the budget-busting Build Back Better Welfare Forever program that the Democrats failed to push through. This is a monumental temporary defeat. It is not a permanent defeat. Uh, so I'm, I am tempering the satisfaction that I get out of having this, seeing this measure stopped in the way that it is being stopped. The progressives are on fire. They are angry. Other Democrats are angry. The Democrat mainstream media, subsidiaries of the Democrat Party, are livid at Joe Manchin, the maverick Joe Manchin. And it is just a treat to watch, but this is temporary. Nothing here is permanent. They get another bite at the apple when they come back for from uh, the their Christmas and New Year's Day vacation. And Chuck Schumer has already said, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, we're going to have a vote on this. Everybody's going to vote. And what they're hoping is that over the holidays, that the activists in their party will put enough pressure on Joe Manchin to force him into caving in, and then they get what they've always wanted, this massive bill that we cannot pay for, that is just... One slush fund piled on another slush fund piled on another slush fund of unaccountable spending that will further push America into debt. We're a nation already over $30 trillion in debt now. That's a lot of money. So this is a temporary setback for Democrats. And they are, of course, acting like it's the end of their world. It is not. You also heard on the top of the hour news, what a great job. Every day, you know, every day I'm prepared for the, the story that's on the top of my list to get to is covered every single day, one way or another, in the WABC top of the hour news. And that's the lawsuit that former President Trump has now engaged in with New York Attorney General Letitia James, he took her into federal court to stop this long-running, it says, in civil investigation. It's a, it's a witch hunt. And it's been a witch hunt since the very day she initiated it. And she was brazenly open about the fact that they didn't have anything to really base this on when she first started. They were going to go look. They were going to go hunt down and see whether they could find anything in President Trump's business organizations that they could persecute him for. And that is exactly what she has done. And now that is exactly why President Trump has taken her to federal court. He says, and and I believe this is the case, that um, 
This two-year witch hunt has violated former President Trump's constitutional rights. He is not being treated like every other American. She has shortchanged the state by commencing this partisan investigation and forever tarnished the sanctity of her office. That is what Trump's legal team has said, and absolutely right. By the way, before we go any further, thank you all. Friday, if you were here, we started off on our radiothon needing 25 people to step up. Near midway in the show, and this is with Cohen Medical, which is doing remarkable work for the children of New York City and the children of New York State and surrounding areas, regardless of their ability to pay. And midway during the show, we had more than that, so we raised the goal to 50. And at the end of the show, we still didn't have the right number, but at the end of the show on Friday, we had over 70 people that donated for this extremely worthy cause. And it was a tremendous success during the hour that you and I were here. And so I'd like to thank you so much, those of you who did step up. We had over 70 people step up and make a donation during that one hour. And I'd just like to say again, thank you so much. That was just awesome of you. Now, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is hot under the collar. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that it's time to crack down on the Senate. Now, I don't know exactly what crack down means. Does she mean crack down Antifa style? Or does she just mean crack down by running her lips? And running her mouth. But she's calling for a crackdown. Miss Cortez, who has not even completed her first term in the House of Representatives, states that it is unconscionable the way that our United States Senate operates. It's fundamentally undemocratic. And now what it's doing is allowing stripping people voting rights across the country. That is a blatant falsehood. That is not what is happening. She says that we're in a crisis. That 19 states have passed over 33 laws to limit or restrict the right to vote. Excuse me, Miss Cortez, why don't you try honesty? The Democrats have expanded, expanded this so-called right to vote. No one is taking away anyone's right to vote. What they're doing, we're arguing over, this is an argument over process. The Democrats come with all sorts of schemes, like putting mailboxes in, these cardboard boxes or whatever they are in neighborhoods where no one's watching them, where they can easily be tampered with, where there's no security. And if you say, oh, we're not going to do that, then all of a sudden the Democrats are like, this woman will start on the warpath claiming that someone's taking away someone's right to vote, when in fact that is not the case. And Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says that um, 
This unit operates like an old boys club that has a couple of gals in it that have managed to break through. That we, I don't know who this we is that she says has to act, that we need to actually institute some institution. I don't know what that means. We need to implement some institutional discipline. What does that mean? If people want to threaten to block ambassadorships, if they want to threaten dysfunction, then they actually need to show up and do it. They need to show up and do a talking filibuster. That is the way that they should compromise. She says, well, these regulations, these rules are put in by her party for the most part. And a lot of these Senate rules pre-exist her. And then she took it to Joe Biden. She says Joe Biden needs to be more forceful on the filibuster. He needs to lean on his executive authority and to get in the way. We're going to find other ways to do this. Either you're with us or you're not with us, but this train is moving. We need to govern. Blah, 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 blah. Apparently, Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't realize that the President of the United States serves in the executive branch of the United States. He is not constitutionally permitted to legally interfere with the operations of the United States Senate. The operations and the rules of the United States Senate stay within the Senate. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, even if he were aware of what's going on, which some days seems questionable, has no right to demand the Senate do anything. He can, just like anyone else, bloviate about what he'd like to see happen. But in the end, the United States Senate is within their rights to give him the solitary finger. Salute. Because he has absolutely no right to determine what goes on in the United States Senate. The Senate is Senate business. Just like the Senate can't tell the House what to do. And the House can't tell the Senate or the executive branch what to do. We have a system in this country that is devised with something called separation of powers. In other words, stay in your lane. The Senate stays in its lane. The House, stay in your lane. The President, stay in your lane. Now, I do agree with, believe it or not, with Ms. Cortez on this point. She says we can't blame Mitch McConnell for this. We can't blame Joe Manchin either. We have tools at our disposal with the trifecta. And what we need to do is think and prioritize the prioritize the communities that elected those majorities. In other words, we need to actually perform better at a grassroots level. Well, that's at least what I think she's saying. She's saying every community is critical right now. We cannot allow, we cannot not allow the climate crisis to become a catastrophe. Ms. Cortez, despite your delusions of grandeur, there's nothing that you can do that will alter the climate. 
You didn't create the climate, Miss Cortez. You're not going to change the climate, Miss Cortez. And there's nothing that you can do that will change the climate on the face of that affects the earth. And uh, let's see. She also rejects the idea that Democrats might further rein in some of the wild spending in the Build Back Better Welfare Forever bill. She said this framework was signed off by Joe Manchin. That's what all of them are saying, by the way. Joe, you lied. You signed off on the framework, and now you've gone against it. Well, we're going to put it to that in a few minutes. Because the framework isn't the actual bill. And they know that. Signing off on a framework of something doesn't mean that you're stuck if they fill the framework with a load of manure to stay with it. And that is exactly what the Democrats did. This framework supposedly is very short on specifics. And Joe Manchin, according to the Washington Post today, at least they did a story about the specifics that he wanted. Democrats don't want to hear that. Manchin is not taking this like typical, like the Republicans would. Trying to avoid everybody, tail between the legs, skulking around. He's not doing that. He's standing up for himself. By the way, apparently there's one other thing that Ms. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not understand. And that is that a house district a house district isn't the same as a statewide office. She was on Morning Joe on that uh, that little watch TV network PMSNBC, and she said that her that she represents more people in Congress than Joe Manchin does, and that's just absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. And, of course, the people over at uh, PMSNBC did not bother to correct her, poor thing. Maybe she should go back and, with some of her free time at night, take a math class. Or maybe take a civics class and actually learn the way this government works before she tries to reshape it. Now, as I said, Joe Manchin isn't taking any of this stuff lying down. We'll talk about Joe Manchin, but... I'm going to caution you again. This is not a, this defeat of Joe Biden's Build Back Better nonsense is only temporary. They are coming back in January. They're going to try to back Joe Manchin into a corner. And it's not just the Democrats in Washington. It is the Democrat subsidiary companies in the media who are all putting Joe Manchin in their political crosshairs. Once again, the telephone numbers, 848-WABC, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-WABC. We will get to your calls. There is other news besides this massive failure. And right now, for the moment, we should all enjoy this failure and enjoy the Democrats pointing fingers at each other while it lasts. 
Later in this week, I'm going to see if we can uh, reach our domestic policy advisor, Her Highness, Her Royaltyness, Diana Mee, because Diana Mee made a prediction early on, Princess of Policy, about how all this is ultimately going to play out. I want to see if she still holds to it. Anyway, we're coming back. Your phones are going to be part of the program today, so... 800-848-WABC, James Golden, a.k.a. Bosnerly on WABC. Yes, we are the crown jewel of American radio, and this is Christmas week in New York. Right back. Don't go away. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Take six brings us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. And that's always the attitude to have. Let's have make this the best Christmas ever. You know, and I, I had a discussion today. I was um, interviewed on a uh, the radio station out in Los Angeles. And one of the questions that came up, um, one of the hosts asked me if I could describe what my childhood uh, Christmas times were like in, in, in our household. And I answered that it was idyllic. I mean, we just had the best time at Christmas. You know, my mom would bake for, for it seemed like for weeks in advance. And she had so many just amazing desserts for guests that would come by. There were people flowing in and out of the house, friends. Um, we had family, there were, of course, the tree, the lights, the presents, the whole nine. And you could not have Christmas and in this way without, you know, the, the Friday, not the Friday, the, the Christmas Eve services at church, Christmas Day services at church. And it, it seems looking back on it idyllic. It took me a long time when I learned that as an adult that there were some years there that my parents were struggling. They had three kids, and things weren't easy back then. Things aren't easy now. But one of the things about amazing parents, and and, and I am so grateful to God for the parents that I had. I am so grateful to God for my parents. Because they didn't let us know about the struggles, at least not in a way that would bring us down. They provided for us. They always set a good example of what it was like to be optimistic and believe in yourself. And we believe not just what you can do individually, but believe that in America all things were possible. You know, and if it, and it depended on you. It depended on whether you were willing to work. And so we always had this cheery kind of optimism that was going on that was part of life. And that made childhood idyllic. 
And now you can see so many children growing up in households that are just steeped in anger and bitterness and hatred for the country and a belief that they'll never be able to make it in life. And what a shame that is. You know, I didn't discover until I was an adult, as I said, that my parents were struggling some years because they chose us for us my brother, my sister, and myself, to have a different kind of childhood where we didn't have to have that as the concern. That was the concern of the adults, not the kids. The kids were made to feel secure, loved, safe, protected. You know, I, I, my mom told me a story, I'll never forget this one. When I was too young, I was just a baby, one year that they really had nothing. My father had lost his job near Christmas time. And he used to have to put cardboard in his shoes because there were holes in the shoes in the bottom, the soles of the shoes while he was out looking for work. And that particular year must've been a bad one because she said it was so bad. He made our Christmas tree out of wire hangers that year. He made a tree for us. So they were a young couple, but they still celebrated and they still had a good life. And they gave that good life to their children. And I mean, isn't that what life's about? Doing better for your children so your children can do better? You know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm just extremely blessed and grateful for my parents. But yes, when I hear that song, Take Six, Most Wonderful Time of the Year, we can do that. We can make this the most wonderful time of the year. America is still such a wonderful country. New York, I know, yeah, we're going through the Omicron again, and now we've got all these dire forecasts about COVID again. Look, folks, we've had enough depression. We've had enough grief, and there's been plenty of grief to go around. God knows, especially this past year. So much grief. But we can truly make this the happiest time of the year and at least give that gift of happiness, positive energy, optimism, gratitude. I'm not discounting the legitimate struggles that all of us face in our lives. And some of us have a heck of a lot more than others. I know. But we can make this the happiest time of the year. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. More politics, more news, and your calls. Don't go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Hilltide carols being sung 
by choir and folks. Yeah, that's Stevie bringing us back, Stevie Wonder. I, I saw a Stevie, I was at a Stevie Wonder concert years ago at Madison Square Garden. Uh, when we were at Two Pin Plaza at WABC, I went to the Stevie concert. And he did that live. He did the Christmas song live. I'm telling you, I will never, 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 ever forget it. It was so beautiful, his his live version of it. Um, and, it, yeah, this is, we can, folks. We can make this. I know the COVID is back. I know I see all the gloom and doom stuff. Let's not Let's not give in to it. Let's make this happy time. Let's make this Christmas a special Christmas for everybody. And if you're feeling down and depressed, I get that too. You know, um, I, please, I spent, when you're in radio, <laughs> and this is not to go so inside, but if you, especially if you are young in this business, you work a lot of holidays, you work Christmas, you work, the radio's on. And that's what I used to tell people in my family. Well, why aren't you? Because the radio's on and I'm doing so, I have to be there. Right? So you work holidays and, they're also, you know, whatever we go through in our lives, we go through these these phases in our lives as we're growing into adults and then adults where sometimes you're really not in the mood to be happy. You'd rather just wallow in it. But you know what? Being happy is okay. Even in spite of all the stuff that you've gone through, so many people have suffered so much this year. You know, the deaths that came unexpectedly, from COVID, the deaths that came just as part of being alive, we all are going to face that. The things that we've gone through with the economy being the way that it is, um, the, the, the jobs that were lost and shut down. And I don't care what people say, when you're collecting a check and you're not working for it, that does something to your psyche that's not cool, too. But with all of that, we can be happy this year. And we should. We should be optimistic. Despite what the liberals are trying to do to this country, we can maintain our optimism. We are a young country, and we are in the fight for this country, for the freedom, for liberty, to make America and keep America the light of the world. So let's be happy. Let's not choose to be negative. Let's choose to be happy and to be grateful that we can enjoy this miracle of life, and that is what it is, we can't explain how it is that all of this really came to be. We can talk about the Big Bang. You can talk about it from a religious or spiritual perspective. But ultimately, the questions of life are so huge and so vast, they go beyond the scope of our understanding. But we can be grateful for what we have and be grateful that we are here witnessing through these times what it is that is put before us. That's our choice. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to just keep going on and on about it. I want to turn back to Joe Biden, uh, Joe Manchin for a minute. Manchin said today that the Democrats figured him wrong. They had him all wrong. They figured surely to God we can move one person. We can surely badger and beat up one person Surely we can get enough protesters to make that person uncomfortable enough that they'll just say, okay, I'll vote for anything. Well, guess what? I'm from West Virginia. I'm not from where they're from. And they can just beat the living crap out of people and think they'll be submissive, period. Whoa. Those are, he called his fellow party and their tactics out. He called them out and he called out Joe Biden's staff. He said the real reason this thing fell apart is staff-driven. I understand it's staff. It's not the president. This is staff. 
They drove some things. They put some things out that were absolutely inexcusable. They know what it is. So we shall see how this plays out. The battle is not over. This is going to resume in January. So all this is right now is a pretty embarrassing and temporary stall of the Biden agenda. Let us see whether they will be able to bully Joe Manchin into accepting things that he doesn't want to accept so that the progressives from the Northeast particularly can be happy and from the big city, blue cities in America. Let's take some calls. Good afternoon, Rich. Where do we start? Well, good afternoon, James. Let us start this afternoon out on the island in Huntington and say hi to Mary Beth. Huntington, Long Island. How are you, Mary Beth? Welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. Mary Beth, going Mary Beth, going once, going twice. Where do we go next? <laughs> Let's go to Spring Valley and say hi to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, A.K. What's nerdy? What's up, Deborah? I wanted to tell you that your voice is amazing. It's like liquid gold and such a pleasure <laughs> to listen to. Oh, that is just so sweet. I also wanted to tell you, especially this time of year, I've been listening to you with a lot of callers, and some had very tragic circumstances, and you were so sensitive and caring and optimistic. And I just want you to know that people really do appreciate you and your viewpoint and and your sensitivity and caring to others. Well, Deborah, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, um, you're kind of making me tear up here because this has been a tough year um, in a lot of ways. You know, this has been, for me personally, the toughest year I've ever had to face. And I just tell you one thing, that rather than than wallow in the loss and, and be, you know, just negative about all the loss, this year I decided, you know, how about being grateful? How about being grateful for the people that you lost? How about being grateful that you had them in your life for so long? Because this is for all of us. You know, these times that we live in, folks, this is a little wisp. It's, 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 it's there. It's a blink of an eye. And then we move through history. And we're on back to where we came from. As Minnie Riverton says, a beautiful song, Return to Forever. We return to forever. But um, but let's be grateful and let's be happy. And Deborah, thank you. You made me happy. You brought some joy inside my tears. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Where do we go next, Rich? We're going to go to Garden City, New Garden City, New Jersey, and speak with George. George, welcome. WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. James Golden, how are you? Hi, James. I'm from Garden City, New York. Um, I'm not an attorney, but I have forty years' experience in the court system in New York City. Okay. I have a different view. There used to be saying no man's liberty or uh, possessions are safe when the court's in session. The judges have a lot of power, and they're talking about these guidelines with bail review. It has to be a balance of the judge's discretion and some guidelines. I'll tell you why quickly from my years of experience. I work with judges. I'll give you a name. He's passed away, Judge Rothwax. He was a tough guy. He used to give people heavy sentences, heavy bail. In fact, he was going to hold Don Imus years ago in Deidre in contempt when they didn't want to serve in jury duty. But his background was from legal aid. There was another judge, Judge Cooper. 
his name was Max Cooper. He passed away, a great guy. We used to call him Maximum Max. He used to give everybody high bail and all of that. Then we had a district attorney I used to know from the homicide part. He used to practically foam at his mouth when he would sum up to the jury. He was sanctioned because he was over the top sometime. He's still on the bench. I don't want to say uh, his name. He got on the bench, and he would be very easygoing. So you really don't know what's in somebody's heart or mind when they get on the bench. There has to be some guidelines and some discretion. Well, we do, have, we, we, have, we do have guidelines, and those guidelines are what the Democrats are, are protesting and now, what they've taken their activism to. They have completely, look, let me just give you one. Remember, if you're old enough and you lived in New York area, that, and that's all the area, Pennsylvania, that's Connecticut, that's New Jersey, that's New York. If anyone of anyone lived through the crack epidemic, you know how bad things were. It was terrible. The crack at its peak. Homicides are like they are today, spiraling out of control. Theft, crime, everywhere. So what did people do? People said, we have to, we have to get tough. We can't just let this continue to spiral out of control. So one of the things they do at the urging of Democrats, at the urging of Democrats in the House, particularly, was set up a two-tier system. If you if you were dealing in crack, then you really got the brunt of the justice system because we wanted to stop the crack epidemic. So now... The crack epidemic has passed in some places. And what do Democrats do? They say, this is racist. You can't have a separate law that deals with crack. This is disproportionately affecting minorities. This is racist. The very people that implemented the law then accused the law of being racist and they decide then we have to let the crack dealers out. We have to let those engaging in crack out. And what do we have now? We have an increase in illegal drugs again. Here we go again. It is without question that we need a strong bail system. It is without question that criminals that prey on the elderly, prey on society, should have to pay a heavy price for it. But Democrats, nope, they don't believe it. There's a story today about how bad things are in Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, since they went uh, with this bail reform. All you have to do is look at every blue city in the country and you see the smash and grabs. You see we're at 40-year highs in murder rates. You see what the Democrats are doing to your country, to our country, with this insanity that they come up with. And it's almost as if they can't see the results of it. And we, we look at, we don't understand. Why can't you see the impact of what you're doing? But they put their ideology ahead of everything else. And ultimately, folks, that's why we have to vote them out this coming November. Now, by the way, someone was going to correct me and say, well, you know, you said Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is in her first term. She has been reelected. Yes, her second term begins in January. 
She's still in her first term. Thank you. Bo knows politics. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. Your calls and more right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77, Christmas week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's upon us. You still have time, but time's running out. Are you listening? Al Here's that story I was talking about earlier. It's from the uh, AP. It says inflation squeezes holiday budgets for low-income shoppers. And it starts with a family, uh, Esmeralda Velasquez, who was paying $650 a month for groceries. Now it's over $850. She's cutting back less expensive cuts of meat, cheaper detergent, coupon clipping now, shops for for the clothing for the kids at thrift stores now. And she's cutting back on gifts. She's not going to be buying any gifts for relatives, just the kids, the young kids, and all of that. And so inflation and records of uh, retailers are, are forecasting record-breaking sales, but low-income customers, it says, are struggling as they bear the brunt of the highest inflation in 39 years. You know when we didn't see these stories? During the Trump years, when our economy was booming off the shelves before what we have now, this runaway inflation, and it is all over the news, inflation on the rise, and that is why you have to protect your retirement account. You have to do it, folks, because you have to protect yourself. You've worked for this money. Gold provides that hedge against inflation. It's why wise investors diversify their portfolios with precious metals as inflation creeps up and you're paying $850 for groceries instead of 650 That's why wise investors protect their portfolios with precious metals. Inflation creeps up, the dollar gets less valuable, gold holds its value. So, you can diversify with gold. All you have to do is call my friends over at Legacy Precious Metals, Legacy, the company you can trust because they give you unbiased counsel, and they base that on your individual financial circumstance. Their expert team, over 40 years of combined experience, inflation, this is real, it's here today, Contact Legacy Precious Metals, 866-964-0616, 866-964-0616, or go visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide, and you can do that right now. Rich, let's head back to the phones. Where are we going? All right, well, we have Mary Beth back, so let's try Mary Beth again out in Huntington. Huntington, New York. Hello, Mary Beth. We're going to try it again. Are you there with us? Yes. Can you hear me this time? Oh, we hear you, and we hear that beautiful voice of yours loud and clear, Mary Beth. How are you? I'm well, and you're the one with the beautiful voice. 
and the beautiful statement that you made about Christmas. Thank you, James. Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones and to everyone on the show and here at WABC. I love you all. Um, You talked about gratitude, and um, I called Senator Manchin's office today just to leave word to thank him for his strength in standing up against Build Back Better. And I hope other people will either email him or call his office, too. He needs to know that we appreciate him. You know, Mary Beth, thank you for that. And that's, you know, interesting because we always say, let's call him when we're mad. Let's call him when we're mad. You're calling to say thank you. And I love that idea because Joe Manchin is trying to do what he thinks is the right thing for this country, and he is taking so much flack for it. And I guarantee you, over the Christmas holidays, they're going to be leaning on him, and he is going to be the target of so much derision, divisive divisive hatred from his own party. You can just see it. They are angry. They are livid. And he's the one that's got the target on his back from Democrats. Thank you, Mary Beth, and Merry Christmas to you, my darling. I'm glad you called. Where are we going next, Rich? We're going to say hi to our friend Carol in New Jersey. Carol, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Hi, Carol. I I wish both you and Rich and your family a very wonderful Christmas, and I love what you said about the holiday. It's fantastic. Um, now, I know that Joe Manchin is doing the right thing, as far as I'm concerned. But I haven't heard Kirsten Cinnamon's name mentioned. You know, all. Carol, Carol, I had the same thought this morning. Yeah, it's like yeah. Kirsten went dark. She ghosted. She's like, okay, they're yeah. giving all the heat to Joe. I'm not going to get in the middle of this. Mm. Interesting. Well, you know what? Yeah, I they, so. But I will say this. That there's one story, though, that, there is, that they are attaching to her, and that's their failure to push through this voting rights thing. We're going to talk about that during the week because there is, oh, there is this other story I have to get to. You know, Democrats have been trying to change the way that the primaries work, and they've abandoned that, too, all of a sudden. And that story has more importance than most people will give it credit for. I'm going to seek that out. And there's also another Democrat uh, resignation. Now it's 22 Democrats that aren't running. So I'm pulling those stories out, and we will talk about those tomorrow at some point. There it is. Democrat sour on bid to ditch first in the nation states, the first states to vote. They were all gung-ho on reforming it, and now all of a sudden they're not. There's a reason for that. Carol, as always, love hearing from you. Very prescient. Uh, what you bring to the table all the time. Merry Christmas, Carol. Appreciate your call. Where are we going to next, Rich? We're going to go to Brooklyn and say hi to Larry. Hi, Larry. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's up? Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, my question to you is, on January 6th, a female was uh, killed as she was entering into the building. Can you explain to me why deadly physical force was used against her and why 
nothing has been said about this officer using deadly physical force. If she she was no unarmed, number one, she was unarmed from all that we've been able to tell, and a lot has been said about the officer using a deadly force, and in, and but he is not going to be held to account. And he's not going to be held to account for one reason, and you know the reason. This is a rhetorical question. You already know the reason. Because her life doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that Democrats and their friends in the media want to keep the story going of an insurrection, and they want to ultimately pin it all on Donald Trump and make sure that the narrative reads that they were the victims of these horrible Trump-supporting people. And anything that gets in the way of that narrative is not going to be reported widely. And yes, there will be no answers for the family of Ashley Babbitt. There will never be any answers. And no, the actions of that police officer will not be looked into any more than they have already. Because she is collateral damage. And you know this. You knew it before you called me. But I'm glad to take your call anyway. Thanks, Larry. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Go next, Rich. We're going out to Long Island and say hi to Linda. Hi, Linda. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. What's up? Okay. I'm grateful for you. Thank you Thank very you. much. Um, and I, I want to be up. I don't want to. I don't know if you remember. I appreciate what you did, what you said to me last, on our last call. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to break down. It was really, you know, hard. Oh, that's okay. No, no, I really appreciate it. You're really great. Um, I had heard a doctor um, who is, you know, an expert in this. He says that the booster, the booster shot kills the protection from the second shot. And I don't know if you want his name. You could look him up. But I heard him. And Here's what I know, Linda. Here's yeah. what I'm going to say. We are now being told that in some cases, some people might need four booster shots. I'm sorry, four shots in total, including the two shots and two boosters. Other people are saying that the Omicron virus isn't as nearly as severe as the Delta. Other people are saying this is the end of the world. Oh, my goodness. Everything, we, everything that we work for is lost. We're back at the beginning. This is an area where you really do have to choose who you are going to believe and research your own what you need for the information to satisfy your own intellect. Because the news is all over the place. Well, here we are, folks. Monday, we've got the rest of the week leading up to Christmas. Let's keep in mind... We can make this the best Christmas season of our lives. Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, we are here on WABC for you. We live in the greatest country humanity has ever witnessed, the United States of America, for which we should be eternally grateful. God bless and protect each one of you. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock, and we'll see you then. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.